When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I wish you could just shut your big yapper. Now it's time for a long walk to Cleveland with Rudy Povich. Good luck finding a DJ who can move and shake like this. On Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and every morning live on Instagram. That shit sounds pretty good on blow, mixed with tequila and wine. On an empty stomach. Thank you so much for joining me on a long walk to Cleveland. Find this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Uh, and, of course, a short walk to Cleveland. Every single day we go live on Instagram. It's at 9.45 a.m. Find it on my Instagram, at Rudy underscore Povich. couple of things. First off, it is uh, February, what, 8th today? I think it's Tuesday the 8th. Uh, if you're going to be around... Coming up on Wednesday night, I'll be at Comedy Cave at Kegan Case in St. Paul, headlining that show. Thursday night, I'm taking off, but then Friday, Saturday, I'll be at Gutty's in Southdale, and then also doing a charity event downtown uh, Minneapolis, Comedy at the Crane. You can check my Instagram and my Facebook for more information about that. But let's get into it. Let's do this. The first ever q and Just another reason to drink. So you guys sent in a bunch of questions. I've been kind of stockpiling some questions over the last couple of weeks. Just been hanging on to them and figured that uh, I'd just do like a show that was just dedicated 100% to all the questions and then get you know get through them uh, without having to be interrupted, you know, by those pesky, intriguing, and interesting guests that we have on this show. Uh, the guests we were supposed to have on this week, we had to push back. Let's see. What I'm drinking here... I'm a little bummed because if anybody from Insight Brewing happens to be listening or knows anybody from Insight Brewing, God damn it, get on their asses a little bit, would you? There was a beer they used to make, and it was called Banshee Cutter. It was one of the best beers that you cannot goddamn find anymore. It was like a coffee ale. It was the best. Every morning at the cabin, wake up, drink one of them. This is called Lord of the Lock. It's a hazy IPA. Not bad, pretty good, not as good as Banshee Cutter. You say we get on it, man. All my good beers. UFOs, Vanilla Bean, gone. Can't goddamn find that anywhere. They took my pistachio beer away for a while, don't forget. This ain't your grandpa's pistachio cream ale. It's a real man's pistachio beer. It's a real man. (laughs) Mm. This is delicious, though. I'm sure it's got a ton of carbs and... Just gonna fucking throw up, throw my um, my glu- my glucose levels off. You gotta take that glucose level, everybody. Make sure make sure you're sitting around like ninety one to eighty seven. You don't want to go too high, but you don't want to go too low. Take that glucose every day. Um, yeah, reasons to drink. I was in Wisconsin over this last weekend, and uh, I kind of have a, I kind of had a, a moment at the hotel I was staying at. We were only in the hotel for about seven hours. Me, my daughter, my daughter's mom, my daughter's friend. We were en route to Milwaukee, just needed a place to crash. Family of four is kind of sitting across from us in the little lobby area. Little boy asks his mom, uh, hey, mom, so uh, what are we going to do this weekend? She's like, well, whatever you want to do, sweetie. Whatever you want to do. This is Wisconsin Dells. This is like the Disneyland of the Midwest. 
And I looked over at my daughter who guffawed, and I was like, hey, how about you? Mm, keep it down a little bit. This little boy, his hopes are still high. It's the first time he's ever been to this shithole, so maybe give him, a, give him a moment, you know? You never know. Maybe this will work out for him. Maybe he enjoys it. Although once he gets to Disneyland for the first time, he's going to be like, holy shit. Because there's no way you tell your kid that if you've ever been to Disneyland, that this is the Disneyland of the Midwest. I laughed with my daughter afterwards. I said that there's a lot of mice in this hotel. I don't think any of them are named Mickey. My goodness. Also, Super Bowl this weekend. Ain't nobody going to be screaming, we're going to Wisconsin Dells after they hoist that trophy. Not going to happen. That is delicious. All right. We said we get into it, huh? A couple of questions that we got. You can find these on Instagram. That's where uh, most people hit me up with with the questions. Also, you can uh, go ahead and email them, too. It's just at Rudy underscore Povich. We make it easy enough. Let's see. Bring up the email. The email. Uh-uh. The email. It's going to be a... Oh, man. This is from uh, my guy, Ethan, who is uh, putting together that show in St. Paul tomorrow night. So if you guys uh, if you guys had nothing to do, that's a free show, by the way. That ought to be a fun one. It's like uh, the Comedy Cave, which used to be kind of like this little spot kind of just way in the middle of like a back corner like kind of in the middle of the brew i don't know if it's like in the middle of the brewery exactly where it is but it was like tucked away and they built this amazing spot right in the uh like the upper part of uh kegan case it's absolutely stunning all right here we go let's get into it first off this question comes from tiffany from chicago illinois my son wants a tattoo he's 16 he wants his football jersey number on his arm do i let him get it Good question, Tiffany from Chicago, Illinois. Thank you. First off, um, how big does he want to go with this thing? And where does he want to go with it? Because I would say if he's going to go upper arm, why not? 16? Sure. And if it's a football number that he's had since, you know, say grade school, he's been hanging on to it, that'll always be his number. Why Just let him get it. I know there's the stigma of it, and I had asked my mom for years if I could get a tattoo. And she always used to say, yeah, if you want to go out and get mom tattooed on you, you can absolutely go ahead and get a tattoo. And then one day I went out and I actually got mom tattooed on me. So be careful what you wish for. But also the stigma of tattoos nowadays, not as bad as it used to be. It used to just be sailors, merchant marines, bikers. They had tattoos. Skull with a knife sticking through it. But nowadays... I mean, everything's on the table. You got like Nintendo nerds who get the entire cast of Super Mario just on one whole sleeve, and it looks beautiful. It's stunning. So if it's just a... Don't let them just like get the number and block letters, though, because that will... That'll set in motion him getting shitty tattoos for the rest of his life. Let him get something that is... It's nice and big, and it's got, you know, a design behind it. You know, whether it be, you know, like uh, you make it a a sacred number where there's things like floating around it, like maybe he's got some cleats or maybe it's the stadium or there's a football. I don't know. There's got to be something else that he could put next to it. Don't let him just get like the number 45 tattooed on him. You know, just block letters. That's lame. You don't want that. It's got and it's got to look like an actual jersey number, too. Don't be getting the thing I don't like about people who are young that get tattoos. They always like script. They always like to go with something that looks kind of, you know, cursive y 
or it's some sort of like, you know, calligraphy. I'm like, dude, first off, uh, I don't give a shit about what good Charlotte lyrics those might be. And also, I can't read it. So <laughs> how about get something legible, get something that's big, and uh, and yeah, let that kid rip it, man. 16 years old, being the uh, the only kid in school with a tattoo. Man, that's where is that? I think we were, there was a dude named Lenny up in Eveleth, Minnesota, which if you've ever seen the movie North Country, there's a few uh, movies that have been made up in that area. But if uh, if you ever go through there, there was this dude named Lenny. I don't know if that guy's still or I imagine not, man. These dudes spend like three years in a tattoo shop and then they move on. But this dude named Lenny had tattooed basically me and all my friends. Never asked for an ID. Never once did he ask about age or consent or if our parents knew. Fuck no, not up there. They didn't care. They were like, let her rip, dude. Whatever you got, we don't care. Um, you know, I had friends that got all the, you probably hear my dog walking around. Can we make a goddamn flooring where the fucking dog's nails are not constantly scraping on it? You constantly trying to get shit done and you hear every, and I feel bad because I'm in the basement trying to do voiceovers, trying to record podcasts. And that's all his ass does is move around. And I'm like, dude, you got to like stay on the bed or you got to go up. See what I mean? You can still hear it. Just walking through, moseying on by, looking for some scraps, hopefully getting a bowl of kibble. But no, all he does is walk his ass through and then I got to hit reset and uh, take do another take or I got to go put his ass on a bed and then I got to jump back into the booth. Can we not make... I know they can be like, yeah, it's called carpeting. I get that. But I like like... The faux hardwood. Can we not? We have nothing. We have nothing that can make it sound or like dampen the noise of dog's nails. And also for everybody who's going to be like, well, maybe you should clip your dog's nails more. No bullshit. I, I take care of my dog's nails. doesn't matter how short or long they are. They still make noise. So yeah, Tiffany, go ahead. Let that, uh, let that kid uh, throw down, get himself a tattoo. Uh, this one comes from Dean in Lowell, Massachusetts. Where did you live in Manchester, New Hampshire? I went to school there. Thank you very much, Dean in Lowell. Uh, I apologize that you live in a city that um, uh, its crime rate has got to be like in the upper 70s to low 80s, right? I mean, per capita, they must have one violent crime for every nine people that live in Lowell, Massachusetts. It's one of the scariest goddamn places I've ever been to. I got chased out of a bar. I was in uh, I was in Man- uh, Manchester. I was at a bar one night and uh, met a couple of gals. Gals were like, "Hey, we're uh, we're heading back. My family owns a bar in Lowell. Why don't you come on down there? We're gonna stop off at this dance club." We got to the dance club. And I don't remember why, but we were asked to not go in because I remember we stood in line outside of this club. Just every dude there had like the shirt that was buttoned halfway down, no chest hair. As smooth as a baby seal, probably all gacked up on Red Bulls and creatine, just, you know, ready to kick some ass. We were asked to not go in, had to turn it around, and then we went to this family bar, and uh, I got my ass chased out of there. I was like, I don't know about uh, your cousins and your brothers and dads and stuff, but they do not take kindly to strangers here in Lowell, Massachusetts. So I ran out the bar and then uh, hit out next to a dumpster. Where uh, this was before, this was right before the age of like 
everybody having a cell phone in their pocket. So I had one, but my roommate did not. So I basically called the, the house phone and left a message and had to wait for his ass to get home. And then finally he hears it and then gets in the car and drives the 47 minutes to come pick me up. What a pain in the ass. But that, but to get to your question there, Dean, uh, I lived above the Eager Beaver Daycare Center. The Eager Beaver was this daycare. It was like inside of a house. It was cool because like all the gals that lived there used to listen to the radio station or the girls who worked there used to listen to the radio station that we worked at. And uh, it was me, this dude named Brian, who also worked at the radio station. And I was living down the street. I got it. This was my first taste of East Coast living and how goddamn expensive it is. Paul, seriously? Could you? Dude, you got a you got a belly full. You got a belly full of kibble. Can't just park it. Can't just let it digest. No. Christ, we're out doing laps like we're uh, mall walkers for Christ's sakes. Give it a rest. Anyway, uh, the Eager Beaver Daycare Center. We lived above it, and one of my fondest memories of that place was the day we moved out. I was moving all my stuff down the stairs, and I had this like TV stand and the TV stand had that little cubby underneath that like held all your DVDs and Nintendo controllers and whatnot. And while I was walking down the stairs, I decided to, I, I was moving out so fast. I basically on a whim just went, fuck this place. I'm out and started packing my truck. And I was trying to get out of the house so fast. I decided to not take any of my DVDs or anything out of the bottom of this cubby. And I walked I walked down the uh, down the stairs. I got about halfway down, and I was holding it from the top, and the whole goddamn thing snapped, and all my DVDs and Nintendo controllers and all that shit just went tumbling down the stairs. But also, I had about I had about nine porno DVDs that were in the mix, and of course, it's loud as shit. But it was also nap time for the kids in the Eager Beaver, so. Everybody, like all the, the people who work there come rushing out. They see all my stuff all over the, the landing at the bottom of the stairs. I apologize profusely. Meanwhile, I'm also trying to like kick the DVDs around while these like 23-year-old girls are all standing there like, do you need some help? Do you need, I can help you pick up. I was like, no, 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 I'm good. I got it. I got it. How the hell I didn't wake up every single one of those kids and throw them into a panic, I don't know. Meanwhile, I still got porno laying all over the goddamn place. So it was uh, it was the Eager Beaver day- Daycare Center. I don't remember much of New Hampshire, only because, I mean, Christ, this was, I mean, it's going on 20 years now. But it was kind of, I just remember it was up on the hill in Manchester. You, know, you got downtown right by the river. You got the hill. Um, wasn't too far from the college there. And then I remember Adam Sandler used to come and eat poutine at some local restaurant. Other than that, dude, I got no other record. I was only there for like three and a half months, and I had to get the fuck out. I couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Let's move on. Dylan from Minneapolis. You don't smoke or eat marijuana. Are you against it being legal? I don't smoke or eat marijuana. Dylan is correct in saying that. And the reason why I don't is because... One of the last times I ever took marijuana, it was on a cliff in San Francisco, and I was there with my buddy Jeff and his wife and a few people, and it's their wedding, and everybody's having a good time, and everyone's getting stoned, and while I am uh, sitting on this cliff, 
my buddy's wife says, would you like some weed? And I went, nah, not really my thing. And she goes, why? You just don't like it? I'm like, I don't know. I just, I get, I get paranoid. I get all, I get all, I don't know. There was the, one of the first times I ever smoked marijuana, uh, was at a, uh, was at a house. Uh, let me rephrase that. Uh, was it, no, it was okay. So it was somebody else's house and I'm like, I get high and I'm like, I'm like, Hey, I got paranoid. And they're like, dude, uh, I said, you guys got to shut up because if we get too loud, we're going to make up, wake up the neighbors downstairs in the apartment below us. And then the cops are going to show and we're all going to get busted. And they're like, dum dum, this is a house. And I'm the only one who lives here. And you've been here for like nine hours. You were in the basement. You saw that there is no apartment down there. So that was one of the uh, red flags about trying to stay off weed. Just because it doesn't, it's never sat well with me, which is crazy that I have family members, especially my dad, who does so well with drugs. I mean, they ruined his life, but he's a good stoner, you know? A lot of people I know love the weed. I just, I can't do it for whatever reason. I get too paranoid. I get all fucked up. And then uh, I start thinking about like, like, what happens if my arm falls off? Which would never happen. I mean, I'm no doctor. I can't imagine that it would. But I'm just saying, that's the part that I get that gets me every time. It's just like the paranoia, you know? I ate an edible in an ice house and then slept on a bench for three days. So, it just doesn't sit well with me. Uh, however, for it to be legal, absolutely. Go for it, man. Why wouldn't we make it legal? It helps people. It's... It's way less dangerous than alcohol. A thousand times dangerous than alcohol. Excuse me while I take a sip out of my beer. But why we don't have it to be legal and why it isn't um, more readily accessible when it comes to medicinal uh, purposes, I have no idea. And shame on our government for trying to trick us. It's all all the hemp crop, man. Follow the money. They basically told us, like, dude, um, we got this crop, and uh, we figured out something cool to do with it besides, like, you know, make bags and belts out of it. And, uh, hey, man, uh, we're going to start losing a couple of bucks if uh, you guys keep growing this shit. So, boom, next thing you know, it becomes illegal. And then you have reefer madness that comes out saying that uh, you're going to, you know, white women are going to get raped by black dudes because of weed. And... um, Next thing you know, man, nobody's allowed to smoke the shit legally for the last 70 years, but now we're kind of moving into the right direction. It's amazing that all this information has been out there, and yet finally, it takes so fucking long. Like, we're just the, we're so dumb. We're so dumb when it comes to information. This is the age of information. I saw something the other day that said, we are floating in information, but drowning, but uh, drowning, we are... We're drowning in information, but we are craving for we are craving wisdom. Holy shit, did I fuck that up? <laughs> Does anyone else find it weird that we compare smooth faces to babies' asses? Am I the only one? I can't be, right? I mean, it's not baby foreskin. It's not weird, for God's sakes. But a baby's ass is smooth, and so is your face if you use Dollar Shave Club. I've been using Dollar Shave Club since the beginning. I got one of the pins to prove it. One of the first hundred people to ever join dollar shave club join now and choose which level is right for you some guys need four blades a month because they're manly men with grizzly beards that need clean shaves i go every other month i work from home nobody sees me but when they do i want to make sure i'm looking good 
All you got to do is hop on to dollarshaveclub.com, put in your order, and then boom, right in your mailbox comes a clean shave. And don't forget, Valentine's Day right around the corner makes a great gift. What better way to say I love you than, God damn it, I don't like kissing you when you got a five o'clock shadow. Shave that shit off with Dollar Shave Club. Uh, let's go to Lindsay from Apple Valley, Minnesota. How do you sleep? I don't know exactly what this question is. I, are you talking about the position or the quality of sleep? Because if you want to answer both those, I sleep terribly and usually on my back. But how do you sleep? I don't know. My sister got a new bed the other day, a ghost bed, which I laid down in. Probably the most comfortable bed I think I have ever, ever laid in. There is just something about it, man. You get in it, it just like kind of cradles you, you know? It's like what I say about food. Good food, you can taste when it's good food. It doesn't matter if it's a hamburger. It doesn't matter if it's steak. It doesn't matter if it's lobster, if it's macaroni and cheese, if it's potato chips. There's like an overtone of flavor that is, it's consistent with everything that is good. And I, I, it's, it's hard to explain. Like if I had a street taco in, in, you know, say Puerto Rico, and then also went and had some potato fries in Portland, both of those if they're both incredibly delicious, both of those kind of somewhat taste a little bit the same to me. I don't know if that makes sense, but I'm just saying. Uh, but this bed felt like that. I got in and it was like, that's the most goddamn comfortable bed I've ever slept in. You know, most of my beds are about 400 bucks and come with a free hat. So the fact that I got to lay in something that was quality, you know. And of course, everyone's like, you got to get a sleep number, man. You got to get one of them sleep numbers. You got to figure out your sleep number. You got to go with the sleep IQ. I'm like, do we? I don't know if we need to get that far into the fucking sleep. It's just sleep. Cavemen used to do it in caves. They used to use rocks as pillows. Like, why are we getting too fucking crazy about this? If anything, just do what they... It's just like diet and exercise. How do you want to lose weight? You diet and you exercise. It's that easy. Uh, you want to sleep well. Don't scroll your phone for 45 minutes before you go to bed. Um, maybe take a little bit of melatonin. Do some meditation before you hop into bed. Start to wind down. Take a nice bath before you... I'm telling you, all that shit works. There's nothing great. You don't need the sleep number IQ. You don't need to have somebody with the the tilting bed. You don't need the rolling, you know, uh, vibrating massage underneath. You don't need none of that shit. Just eat right. Don't pound a bunch of beers before you go to bed. Take a little melatonin. Take a bath. Read all that shit helps. It's super easy. Could I do I should I listen to that information? Absolutely. Will I? Probably not. I'll see you at 3 a.m. Let's hop over. There's a couple of questions I wanted to get to. Going over to the Instagram. The emails. The emails. Uh uh. The emails. Uh this comes from Mira. Mira out of the Twin Cities. Let's see. Uh, what do you consider your greatest achievement? Oh, man. That's a tough one. Greatest achievement? I would, and most people would say my children, but I feel like. Now, I can't speak for everybody else, but, you know, there's a few other people on the planet that have already had children. So I feel like it's got to be something personal, right? Greatest achievement. I might go. Even though this doesn't mean much to a lot of people, I might go Al Bundy and say picking up the, picking up, it was the fourth quarter, about 39 seconds left, 
My team, the Hibbing Blue Jackets, taking on the Greenway Raiders. Kid fumbles the ball. We are down by five. Kid fumbles the ball. I pick it up, run that bitch back. We win the game. That was probably my biggest achievement. You know, children, whatever. But in 10th grade, I, now remember, there was only a small window of time during high school where I was eligible to play sports because I got caught doing a lot of dumb shit. <laughs> I mean, my my first underage drinking ticket came at the age of, I think, 13. So, yeah, I spent a lot of time on the bench. But I, I, had, I had like about three weeks there where I could play eligibly. And yeah, I ran back a, a touchdown. And I do remember, I don't know if it was that game or a different game. Might have been a different game, but I remember my coach, Dan Moberg, uh, handing me the game-winning football, which I think was just a football he took out of the bag. I don't think it was the game-winning football. But uh, he handed me the game ball and said, nice job. And then after that, it's been downhill basically ever since then, man. It's just been a rolling, continuous, picking up steam towards the bottom of the hill ever since. So, But yeah, I guess that would probably be my greatest achievement. Um, oh, also, you know, I guess to be a little bit more, getting the afternoon drive job at 93X. I worked eight years for that job. So when I got it, it kind of felt good. Uh, Mira also asks, um, when do you get nervous? Hmm, that's a good question. Anxiety used to be crippling up until about six months ago. It really was. And then uh, I started working with this dude named Derek, Derek Dolinger. And man, that guy like really changed things. He put me on like some, uh, some, I don't know if it was like something medicinal. I don't know what you want to call it. Um, organic medicines. I don't know. I'm not even sure what you would call it, but that really helped. Uh, if you, if you listen to this and you're like, Hey, what was that stuff you were taking? Hit me up. I'll find it for you. I can't remember. It's upstairs off the top of my head. I can't remember what it was called, but it really did help. And it was like a drop. It was like a, a liquid. Like you just put a little bit under your tongue and I would take it before I would go on stage. Uh, I used to get nervous before doing stand-up shows. I don't anymore. It doesn't really bother me that much. And especially, I know a lot of, especially a lot of people get mad when they bomb or they get a little self-conscious about it. I don't give a shit anymore. I'm at this point in life where I'm like, listen, yeah, either it's going to go good or it's not. You can't control it. You can do your best, and every time you do your best, walk off the stage, and if the crowd got it, it would be awesome. And if they didn't, it's still awesome anyways. You got to spend 40 minutes of your day doing something that you absolutely love. So who gives a shit? I don't know. The nerves don't really come around, you know? Uh, I used to get really nervous before my daughter would perform gymnastics. That kind of went away. I don't really, not that I don't care, but I'm just like, listen, she's either going to do this or she isn't. So it doesn't, she's not going to be better out on that balance beam if you're sitting here being nervous, you know? If anything, maybe she picks up on it and she's worse. So yeah, the nerves don't really get to me that much. Um, I think bigger shows sometimes will, especially shows that are like 100 plus. Every time... I do a show. I would much rather have, I know this is crazy to, to, to say, but there are times I would much rather have seven people in the audience than 175. Because don't get me wrong, 175 is great, and usually when that ball gets rolling and that crowd's into it, 
That's the best feeling on the planet. But when you can hold seven people's attention and get them to laugh the entire show. I did a show like three weeks ago. Two people in the audience. One of the best shows I've ever had. That crowd was, those two people had so much fun that night. And I was like, man, it's all about the effort you put into it anyways, you know? So are you going to mess up? More than likely. Once you become okay with that, all of that stigma, all those nerves, they just go away. Once you become okay with that, yeah, whatever, man. You just do it. You get on with it. Um... What is something that you haven't been able to get over even with time? Ah, it's a good question. Uh, there is one girlfriend out there that uh, is kind of like the one who got away. You know, I got one of those. I think everybody should probably have one of those, though, because it will. Once you find somebody that you really dig, it will make you appreciate them even more. Because you're like, I don't want to screw this up. I remember that feeling last time of that one person getting away, which sucked. And you don't ever want to have that happen again. Um, Also, uh, when I, uh, my buddy Jeff and his wife Monica asked me to sing a couple of songs at their wedding. And I feel like I fucked it up. I I like, there's videotape of it. I can't, I can't even go back and watch the tape because I just feel like such an idiot. Like they, they, she asked me to play a song that was way out of my, my league. Um, and I, I don't know. I feel like I botched it. I bet if you went, I bet if you were to show that tape to somebody, they would go, it's fine. It's all right. Nothing wrong with it. But man, I'm like, I bet that sucked. I bet that sucked so bad. And everybody having to put on a smile afterwards. That's the worst part, man. That's the worst part. The worst part is here's how you can always tell when you've done something great and when you've done something shitty is when you've done something well, people will tell you. I have had numerous people come up to me after shows and go, uh, dude, that was awesome. That was awesome. You can sent, you can hear it in their voice. If you have to ask somebody, what do you think of the show? And they go, it's good. It's good. The voice goes up two octaves. You're like, that, that sucked. That wasn't that great. If they say nothing to you, if they don't even bring it up, you fucking bombed terribly. Terribly. I feel like behind my friend, like behind my back, my friends talk about that moment in jest, which is uh which is fine, and they should. Because I would probably do the same thing to another one of my friends if they did it. I think at the time I was just I was so PTSD with my uh, daughter's mom, and I was so effed up and I was so needing validation from people that anything that could possibly put me in front of some eyeballs that would possibly get me a little bit of that dopamine shot of people going, that was really good, that was really good. I just did it because I needed it so bad. I needed to be told, like, you're, because my love language is praise. I know that. It's not quality time. It's not gifts. It's praise. I have to have somebody tell me that I am good at something. Which sucks when that's your love language because I do that with people that I'm with. Like if I have a girlfriend, my thing is, uh, why are you mad? I told you that you did this one thing really well 
And I know I've been gone for the last seven hours because I had two shows tonight. And I know I said I'd be home early so that we could hang out and watch a movie. But instead, I decided to hang out and kick it with a couple of uh, the comics after the show and have some drinks. Why are you mad? I told you that you did this one thing really good. And she's like, that's not my love language. My love language is quality time. You are sacrificing part of your life to give that to me. That's my love language. So you kind of have to be careful with it a little bit, you know? But yeah, that's probably the thing that I, that might be the thing that causes me the most anxiety. I know like people think about high school and their past and they think about the things that they've done and they get like all worked up. You ever just driven down the highway and then you're like, oh, fuck that thing in ninth grade. You get all weird about it. Like that would probably be the thing that like gets me the most for sure. Uh, sticking with another question from Mira. What always puts a smile on your face? Watching my daughter be funny. There's nothing better to me than watching my daughter crack a joke and it landing and it being hilarious. She does that shit to her mom all the time and it's, I love it. I love it. My daughter is a big uh, Brian Regan fan, which if you guys don't know Brian Regan, go find Brian Regan. Brian Regan's amazing. Stand-up comic. My daughter loves him. Brian Regan did this bit about, we had just watched his new special on Netflix and in the in the bit, he talks about when people are just saying things and you get just get tired of listening to it, just go, nah! and they'll walk away. They'll just get tired of it. We watch that, and I bet about 20 minutes later, my daughter's mom rolls into the house, picking her up to take her back to her place, and she starts going on about her day. Oh, my gosh. Oh, the lady at the dental office, they came in, and they're always asking these dumb questions. And after about six, seven minutes, right in the middle of my daughter's mom's sentence, uh, all of a sudden, my daughter just goes, yeah, and I, I, I laughed for three days about it. That was the funniest goddamn thing I've ever seen. That and the time I was driving with her, and while I'm in the car, I'm on my way to like a theater rehearsal, and I'm going, me, 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 nay, 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 and I'm doing the vocal warm-ups, and my daughter goes, uh, you do that every day? I'm like, yeah. She goes, why? I said, well, you got to. You got to do it every day to get good, right? You got to practice, get good. Right in the middle of my story, dude. Are you kidding me? No. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding? Right in the middle of this story, you got to come over. You got to come over and do the thing. Right in the middle. Right in the middle. All right. Well, okay, lay down. Lay down. Lay down. Lay, lay down so I can tell the rest of the story. Dude, you got to go lay down. Let me tell the rest of the story. Anyway, uh, yeah, so she goes, every day, I'm like, yeah, every day I got to tell this, this story. I'm like, yeah, every day you got to do it to practice. I'm like, isn't that why you practice gymnastics every day so that you can get better? And she takes like a three Mississippi of silence and goes, yeah, but I get better at gymnastics. One of the funniest goddamn things I think I've ever heard in my life. I'm like, God, that sucks to hear, but that's hilarious. It's very funny. So yeah, uh, watching my daughter be funny because... She is incredibly shy. So the fact that every once in a while, man, she throws down and makes something funny like that. I love it. Uh, one last question from Mira. What's your ratio of naughty to nice? Depends on the situation. That's a, that's a good question. Because uh, I think it, uh, it's funny. At 41, I have not slowed down when it comes to the things that I enjoy 
when it comes to uh, a little bit of naked time. I know sometimes people like grow out of that stuff. I'm still like full steam ahead, man. So yeah. And it's also, you got to like test those waters because if you are with somebody who is not into the things that you are like, uh, you can always wade in their waters, but they can't jump into your deep end. <laughs> Literally. Sometimes you got to really know somebody or know that they are super okay with it. Because if you got a, if you're a gal who's kind of into something freaky and you start dating a guy who's a little bit more missionary position and just kind of wants to hang back, uh, you can't expect him to go where you want to go. You can't lead him with that leash. Again, figuratively and literally sometimes for some of you. But I would say, uh, what's the ratio? Um, I don't know. Let's, we'll say 60, 30. I'll let you decide which one is 60, 60, 30, 70, 30. Holy shit. What percentage alcohol is this? And there's more in there. This is, this is way. Hmm. All right. Well, we might as well finish it up. (sighs) All right. Moving on. Next question. Let's do this. Uh, this is from Lucy in Portland, Oregon. What's your take on Spotify and artists pulling down their music? Well, let's say this. First off, you are more than welcome to have any opinion and take on anything that you want. Whether it be right, left, good, bad, whatever it might be, you're more than welcome to have those opinions. Uh, you might not share those opinions with everybody else, but... The one thing I don't like is that mentality of I'm taking my ball and going home. If you're not going to do things my way, then piss on all of you. I am going to do that thing that, and I, I imagine, listen, it'd be a lot different if Wiz Khalifa were to take his music off of Spotify if Drake were to take his music off of Spotify, if Ariana Grande were to take their music off of Spotify, it'd be a lot different. A lot of people who listen to Neil Young probably ain't listening to it on Spotify. They're catching it on their local radio station. They still listen to CDs. They still have tapes, or maybe they listen to vinyl. They ain't catching that shit on Spotify. So how little of money was Neil Young making Spotify? Probably... Enough to where Spotify went, or not enough to where Spotify would go, dude, you need to stick on our platform. They were like, all right, we'll see you later, dude. Take care. We'll easily drop all your shit. They're dropping stuff I don't care about. Bring back the comedy albums. I'm going to bring that. If Spotify was like, listen, I'll let you listen to Joe List, but you got to blow Joe Rogan, I'd be like, bring it on. I'd even get in line behind all of Texas. It's fine. Let it happen. I miss my comedy albums. Bring those back. I don't give it. Now we got we got some room. Neil Young pulled all his shit. So did Joni Mitchell. I'm sure there's a few other no-name artists we haven't heard of that are taking a stand just for a little bit of publicity. Get rid of them guys. Who gives a shit? Get them out. Bring back all the comedy albums I want. Uh, all right. Uh, how long have we been doing this now? Half hour or so? 40 minutes? Enough to where whatever this is, man, is really starting to hammer down. 40 minutes we're into. Okay. All right. Sweet. Well, uh, how about this? We're going to get to one more question. Uh, give a couple of plugs this week, tomorrow night. Uh, if you, as you're hearing this, since it's Wednesday, Wednesday night, I'll be at the Comedy Cave, downtown St. Paul, Keg and Case. That show starts at 7. I think I go on around 7.45, but get there early. Good comics. Everybody's hanging out. Um, 
It uh, It's a fun room. Clutch Brewing's right next door. I love it. Uh, Friday and Saturday, I'm going to be at Gutty's Southdale. That's in Edina, Minnesota. Both nights, Friday and Saturday, shows are at 7.30. And then uh, Saturday night, 7 p.m., Comedy at Crane, uh, their charity event that's going on. I'll give you some more information. You can find it on my uh, Instagram or you can find it on my Facebook. But uh, yeah, it should be fun. It'll be a good time. So uh, let's go ahead and get to this last question here. This is from Mark, Grand Rapids, Minnesota. What's your favorite kind of fishing? Compliments. That's my favorite kind of fishing for sure. Compliments. Um, no, favorite kind of fishing. I would say it's got to be ice fishing. It's got to be ice fishing. Because boats are a goddamn pain in the ass. Open water, that's a, that's, it's a pain in the ass, man. It is, uh, it's, it's all, there's, it's not like you buy a boat and then own it for four years and then turn around and sell it for, you know, $2,700 more than what you bought it for. They depreciate pretty goddamn quick. It's much like a car. Take it off the lot, dude. You're half the value is gone already. You own a boat for five years, dude. You ain't getting back 25% of what you paid for it. So I don't mind it. I I guess maybe because ice fishing, you're just connected to land. So if you're like, oh, I just want to get the hell out of here, get in your truck, drive home. That's it. Boat? Dude, you on the you gotta now you gotta get your ass back to shore. Then you gotta tie up the boat. Then it's get out of the boat. Haul all the shit out of the boat. Get it back in the truck. Pain in the ass. I like uh, I like hard water. Put me in a in a shack with a heater and uh, you know, small little TV kind of hooked up. You could uh, hang out, kick it, watch some tube. That's what I'm all about, man. Give me that, uh, give me that hard water fishing any day. I don't do it as much as I'd like. I used to do it quite a bit. Just busy, you know. Plus, I think it makes you enjoy it a little bit more. You enjoy it a little bit more when it's just you, you know, uh, doing it two times a year. As comp- I mean, if you do something all the time, eventually you're just gonna be like burnt out on it, you know. So, um, which I guess is like when it comes to something like that. It's nice to be able to be burnt out on something that you really enjoy and that you like because it means that you've done it a lot, you know? The stuff that you hate and then you get burnt out on, that stuff sucks, man. You know, certain aspects of jobs or whatever it is, dealing with, uh, you know, like shitty neighbors, that stuff sucks. That's the worst That's the worst kind of burnout. But telling yourself, you know what, I'm going to take a year off of uh, fishing every other weekend, That's a that's a pretty decent burnout. I don't mind that. All right, guys. Well, uh, we're going to call this a day. The first ever Q&As. I like it. Hopefully, we uh, we bring on a couple of guests. We sit down in the basement and we pound back a couple. This is fun. I really dig it. You can find this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts. Also, YouTube, it goes up every single Wednesday at just around 3 p.m. And then every day, uh, Monday through Friday, 9.45 a.m., we go live on Instagram for a short walk to Cleveland just to hang out, drink a cup of coffee, talk a little shit, and uh, catch up with everybody just to see how it's going. So hopefully we'll see you guys at a show this week. Until then, thank you so much for joining me on a long walk to Cleveland. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. 
Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.